Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Let's celebrate, church. Go ahead. Give God a hand. He's amazing. He's awesome. He is doing some great stuff for us. He's so, so good. So amazing. He really is. Now, I've been uh, talking to you and talking and talking, and I'm like, God, just move, man. You're doing it, and we are so excited about what God's doing. You can either be into what God's doing and responding to what God's doing, or you can look around and find issues. It's your choice, right? I mean, it's how we view stuff and what God's doing in our life, and we can view even the things that are happening in our life the same way. If God's leading, don't complain about where you are. If you're leading, quit it. All right, it's pretty simple. If you're missing what's going on in the church, I want you to know that we do have an app. And that may be revelation to y'all, but if you have a smartphone, Android or iPhone, I don't care what it is, iPad, whatever, please download the app. All right, because um, what we hear back is people don't know what's going on. We had a ladies' iced tea last Sunday, and some were like, I didn't even know. Well, I'm, I'm, we're doing the best we can to try and communicate with you. I mean this respectfully. you got to do your part. Okay? We do have an app that was created, accepted by Apple. We went through all that process to do it. It's free to you. You don't have to let them know where you're at or what you're doing, but if you'll let us give you notifications, you'll know what's going on, and you can check on there, and you can find out when the next baptism is, how to sign up, when the classes are happening, small groups that are going on, different events that are happening, in, information about going on, youth trips, uh, prayer rides, ministry opportunities, when we're going to have the next baby dedication, when we're going to do the next baptism. I mean, it's all there, man. If you don't want to do a smartphone, you can do it old-fashioned and give us your email. We will send you an email every single week. We send out an electronic bulletin. It lets you know what's happening. So there's all kinds of stuff happening. I want you to know that one of the devotionals, actually the devotionals come pushed through the app as well that we do Monday through Friday. And um, one of those, a couple weeks ago, I sent to you, uh, well, it was sent to you through the, the system, is about a, a purity group. It's called Purity boot camp for all you guys. It's about uh, being set free from sexual addiction and pornography and issues like that. Now look, I'm bringing this up because it is a subject that is real. It's a plague in our culture. It's a plague in the church. And it needs to end. And it can only be ending through the power of God and through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit indwelling your life. And so there will be a class that is being taught on Zoom. There's a beginning date at the beginning of August. And it's on Tuesday nights via Zoom. I'm telling every man in this room, every man that's online, any of you guys that are listening to me right now, hear me. You can sign up for that class, RSVP. You can put a fake name on your Zoom screen. I don't care. Don't turn your camera on if you don't want to and just be a part of that group. You need to be set free. If you will agree to do that and God is speaking to you about that and you sign on, by the end of that time, I guarantee you, you'll have your own name and your own picture back on there because you'll be a man of God in integrity and you won't be ashamed to hide. I mean that in a good way because most of the time people are afraid to deal with the issue. They don't want to tell anybody and they feel corrupt and perverted and they can't break that thing. God is bigger than all that garbage that's out there. And if you will allow yourself to be set free, He will set you free. It's available. Amen. We gotta stop letting the enemies think he can own us. He does not own us. So stop letting him own you, okay? I mean that in a respectful way. There's small groups, there's online, in-person groups that are meeting. We have a men's group online as well as in person. We have a ladies group that meets. We have, I mean, it's available. We've gotta make ourselves available to walk with God and to grow in our relationship with Him. 
places to serve, ways to do it, and we need you. As we walk with the church and as we do what God's doing, we need you to walk with us. So it's like the two services give us an opportunity to worship and to serve. You can do both. You can do both. Same day. Right? I mean, serve in one, worship the other one. I don't care which one you do whatever in, but do it. It's there, man. All right, this is about allowing other people to engage God and hear from Him, walk with Him, and all that good stuff. So we did have another uh, wedding on Friday, and uh, Mark and Victoria Labson were in the uh, other service, but I wanted you to know that that happened, and I have another service uh, wedding today after this service, and the um, Mr. and Mrs. are sitting right over there that... Uh, and so Anthony and Lenore, go ahead, stand up. Come on. We'll give it to you right now. Give it up. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. So, uh, yeah, we're excited that after the service, we'll be uh, doing that ceremony with them to get everything right with God as people are doing that. Uh, so I told you, like, last, I think I told you last week. I don't know. They're all running together. I'm just like, I do. Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's do this. I have another couple that met with me today, and they're going to, they want to get married next, this coming Wednesday. I'm like, look, I don't even know what my week looks like. You need to text me today. <laughs> Let me know what's happening because we're going to, I think we're going to do another wedding this coming Wednesday. And, uh, you know, what God's doing. So we have, right now, I know of, there will be 14 uh, wedding ceremonies that are taking place from Father's Day in June last month through December of this year right now. That's awesome. Okay, so it's not about weddings, all right? And I want you to hear me because someone was like, well, you know, what's going on? Is it the wedding chapel now? Or are you doing like this aside thing or whatever? Nope. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't even know if anybody's... Uh, that, uh, that's relevant. Let me just do this. Let me say that... Uh, What's happening here is God's speaking, people are hearing, and people are moving in obedience to what God's saying. There's nothing better than that. Church, that is what it's all about. That's what it's always been about. So as people are moving in obedience to God and embracing what He's saying in their lives, they're owning the responsibility of the choices they're making in their life and what God wants from them, and therefore they're stepping into obedience with God. So... Only one of that number so far was not already living together. And they themselves knew they were living contrary to what God wanted in their relationship. That's why they've come forward and said, we want to get right with God and do the right thing. All right? That's awesome. The other couple, uh, Gary and... Man, all my, all my brides and everybody are running together here, so I don't want to marry them to somebody else. But it was Gary and... Alexis, am I right? Ooh, good, okay. All right, so Gary and Alexis, um, they started coming to our church just prior to that a little bit. They might even be in this room. They were in the other service, I think. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing them up is they stepped in. They were, they, God was just t- talking to them, and they were being touched by what God was challenging them with. They, were, they came to me and said, look, we're not living together. We're not sleeping together. We're not doing any of that stuff. We want to do what God wants, and we want to get married next week. <laughs> I said, let's do it. So they did. So they were our second ones that got married. So the reason I bring all that up, church, is because it's not just the weddings, the recommittals. We have right now, I think, three renewal of vows that are going to take place. And I'm still praying for a fourth one that I'm aware of. There may be others, but I'm saying specifically for people to come and, and like renew that. Say, man, we screwed this up. We broke this. We need it. Let's do this again the right way. 
right? So that's happening. So the next thing I'm going to say to you is that it's not just been about marriages and stuff. I mean, I've been pretty blown away about it, excited, telling everybody like, dude, I don't know what God's doing, except I know he's doing something that's pretty amazing because people are just responding and doing what God's saying, you know? So other people have been texting me, talking to me in person, calling me. God's calling me. This is them talking to me. I feel God calling me. God's asked me to surrender this. God is talking to me about this in my life. I mean, church, listen. I mean, it's, it's happening. Please listen. Please hear God. Please respond to him. Man, God is like wanting to break out. And God is breaking out. And you and I have to be open to let God <laughs> be God and do God's stuff. You hear me? I mean, it's the only way it's going to happen. When we embrace God fully and surrender and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead, God does stuff. Church, He's doing it. It's happening right now. The Spirit of God is moving. And as someone was talking to me about this, they're like, well, what's going on? What, What do you think is happening? I was like, I already know what's happening. Nothing has changed in how I preach. Nothing has changed in how we sing. Nothing's changed where we are. The thing that's changed is people are hearing God and doing it. Amen. Church, that's exciting. All right? It's not anything to do with me, us, the building, the worship. It's about us saying yes to God when God says do this. And we do it. When we move in obedience, God has an opportunity to be God. When we don't move in obedience, we stifle who He is and we stop Him from doing God stuff. God wants to do God's stuff all the time because that's who He is. Man, it's exciting to me because I look and it's like, man, so often, so often, I've been doing God's stuff for God instead of letting God do God's stuff in Dave. Big difference. A big difference. Because, see, I know how to do God's stuff. Right? You know what I'm saying, church? I mean, we know how to do God. You know how to be Christian. You do. But the only way we can be Christian is to let God be God. That's his desire. He's pouring out. That's what he was talking about in that that message through John in the book of Revelation when he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and will open the door, I'll come in. We'll have fellowship together. See, God's like, I want to do this. I want to be a part. I want to do stuff. I want to be part of what's going on. It's scary that we can do God's stuff without God. It's scary that we can have church with no God present. Church, we can live our lives as the Christian we think we ought to be and God not be a part of our life. Think about it. You hear me? You see what I'm saying? Like we can, we can know the routine of Christian living and we can follow the routine with no Holy Spirit leading, with no Holy Spirit filling, with no relationship with God. We can do that. So here's the thing. God says, I want to be the one that leads your life. 
I want to be the one that fills your life. God says, I want to be the one that gives you direction, purpose, meaning. I want to be your God. And what happens oftentimes, I don't want to get off track here. I'm just going to make this little mention, I think. <laughs> I, I think it's little. Let's stay with it, okay? Here's the thing. Like, I've, I, went, I went to pastoral training after I was a pastor. I started with no training. God was working in the Holy Spirit having me do that. I went to pastoral college. Then I went to seminary and all these things and continuing in my education still today. But as we do that, church, what I saw was you can learn how to preach. You can learn how to write a sermon. You can learn how to lead a church. You can learn how to write a mission statement. You can learn how to cast a vision. You can learn how to tell people what we need to do to be a church. And God may not be a part of any of it. I watched it happening before my eyes. Because, see, anybody can be trained to write a message. It's an introduction, three points, and a conclusion. You already know I don't do that. <laughs> All right? But I'm saying anybody can do it. You can do it. It doesn't mean God's in it. It doesn't mean it's God's Word. It can be all verses. It can be all biblical. It doesn't mean God's in it. It is God's word. Doesn't mean God's in it. Look, in the revelation that we read in the first three chapters, when God gives that message to John, he's telling the church, five of the seven churches needed to repent. Jesus' words. They need to repent. Get real with me. Only two churches were being the church. I'm talking about the church that carried the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about some false cult out there. Do you understand, church? It's in the Word of God. And five of the churches needed to repent. Therefore, churches know how to be churches without God. We know how to function. We know how to move. We know how to talk. We know how to do. And yet, God's not a part of it. As we look in God's Word, what we are taught... Look, I went... Man, I am going to go on that a little bit more. Just growing. You ready? <laughs> this was not in the 915 service, so tell people that you heard something different. All right. So this is what happened. When I started in the ministry and started getting training and everything, I was told, like, you need to have a one-year, three-year, and a five-year plan. And I'm like, okay, I need that. So I went to seminars, and I read books, and I began to pray. God... I need a one-year, three-year, five-year plan, so what is it? <laughs> but come on, let's do it. What's going on? I'm like hearing nothing. Like, I hear, I mean this in the right way. When he's talking to me about stuff, I hear him. I know it's him. So I'm talking to him like, I, I want to be a man of God and a pastor. I want to lead your church. Let's, what's this one, three, and five? What are we doing? So I'd fast and pray, and I'd go someplace alone, and I'm like, I'm ready. At that time, I had a notebook and pen. I didn't have an iPad. So I'm like, come on. I'm doing something wrong because I'm not hearing nothing, man. What is going on here? So I began to pray like, Lord, is there something wrong with me? Am I like, is there some kind of hidden sin in my life? Am I doing something I don't even know that I'm doing something to offend you? So I began to seek harder and pray fast longer. And I'm like, and I was like, I, I got to go get some training. So I signed up for this um, I don't even remember what it was. I guess it was a, a 
God dream, I don't know what it was. It was Christian based, but it was something about that, you know, knowing your God purpose, dream, whatever. So I go to this seminar, I'm taking notes and I'm like, God, listen, I'm like, I'm more confused now (laughs) about what they're telling me I need to know and do than when we started this mess. So, God, I don't know what that is. I don't know how this works. If I'm broken, fix me. But I got to leave this alone. And for the first time when I said, I got to leave this alone, it was like, oh, wow, that feels pretty good. (laughs) I felt freedom, right? So here's the problem for Dave. I'm not saying anybody can't have that. Please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. If you got that, well, man, thank God for that. I hope you do, because I don't. I don't know what we're doing next Sunday, all right? So don't ask me about a one, three, and five-year plan. No clue, all right? I do have some plans this afternoon, so I need to hurry up. So <laughs> here's the thing. What, what I realized is how often we in the church, the way we've been educated and formatted and the way we do stuff, is that we have these dreams and plans and ideas, and then we say, hey, God, here's the plan. Would you bless this? God, be in this. God, lead this. God, bring this to pass. Right? So it's like, I'm like, I'm making a plan for God. I'm dreaming dreams for God. I'm saying, Lord, man, this is ultimate. We're going to make it to that. So come on, let's do it. Come on, God, let's do that. We're, woo! Right? And I'm like, whoa, God, you know, that's kind of crazy that we're inviting you on our journey and asking you to bless our dreams and plans and wishes. So I'll be honest with you. There's, when I said I don't have one, I don't have one. I'm not, I'm not joking. All right? So don't get lost and think I'm going to spring something on you because there ain't nothing there. All right? If it happens, it's going to be God right here in this moment. Okay? But I've, I've asked God if I can do something for him. That I have done. I've said, God, this is something I'd really like to do for you if that's okay and if that's your will. There is. I have a dream and I have this vision inside my head and I'm telling you right now, it's Dave's. I hope you hear me right. And I've submitted that to God and say, God, if there's any way possible, man, I would love to be able to do this for you. If it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, okay. What I want to know is that I'm on your plan for my life, your journey, and that we're doing your thing. Don't care about ours. We have to surrender our plans, dreams, and ideas to him. Again, I'm not saying don't have a plan or a dream. I'm saying, is it God's or is it ours? God is inviting us on his journey for our life. God does have a plan for us. He does. But we have to choose to follow his plan and not our own. We're reading in Genesis 3, and this is what it says. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. Pause. Think about what I was just talking about and how when we have our own ideas our own plans, our own thinking, things that look good to us, convinced that this is right, we share it with others, and others join us on that quest. And it's not God's. And it happened in God's place. That's scary. 
It was the very place God created for them to have relationship with Him. In the midst of the very place God intended for them to have relationship with Him, sin was born. My plan, my ideas, my dreams to be, to have, to know. That's what happened. Do you hear it? She saw that it was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit, ate it, then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Some of the saddest, scariest, craziest words in the Bible. Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. See, church, when God comes near, we know. And when God speaks, we know. And when God is present, we see ourselves as naked because in His presence we are. We have two reactions when we're in the presence of God. When we know He's present and He speaks, we have something that we do. We either come to Him or we run and hide. When the, in the presence of God, when God is close, when God is present, when we're not where we're supposed to be with Him, we feel naked and exposed. We feel shame, conviction, fear, unworthiness. We feel all of that stuff when God is near and we're not right. We feel all that stuff and we begin to see ourselves for what we really are. We see our brokenness and we don't want to face it so we run and hide. Church, this is what's happening we feel that, so we put fig leaves over ourselves. We try and cover who we are so that people can't see us. But God knows. And in that feeble attempt to try and present ourselves different than we really are, when God is close, we know that we're exposed. But church, what we're doing is we're hiding from ourselves because God already knows. So the only person that we're trying to prove with this is us. We're hiding. But this is good news. When God said, where are you? Adam responded. So glad he responded. When I heard you, I hid. I was ashamed. See, when we hear God and we come to Him, we just got to be real. 
We've got to be open. We've got to be willing to see ourselves for where we are. And Adam was. Now look, in that dialogue that happened when he said, I was naked. And in the moment where God begins to call him out on that nakedness, he begins to blame her. It's the woman you gave me, God. It was you and her. This is the problem. There's a conspiracy and it's not me. She blamed the serpent and so on. You understand? Church, we've got to come before God and own up to our own issue. We need to come clean and say, yes, I sewed fig leaves together. I've been hiding. I'm the one that is unclean and unworthy to be in your presence, God. I need you to do something for me that I can't do for myself. God is inviting us. He says, where are you? Come on, church. There needs to be an awakening in the church where we say, here I am, God. Here I am. Yes, Lord, I've been hiding behind my position, behind what I do. I've been hiding. God's a, here I am. Here I am. Church, in His presence, when we come clean before Him, it's the only place we will ever find our purpose, our life calling, the meaning of life itself. Only when we stand exposed to ourselves in the presence of God, He already knows. Matthew 11. I want you to know before I read this that Jesus Christ is God. I want to establish that right here, right now. Jesus Christ is God. We're reading Matthew 11. Then Jesus said, Come to me. You hear the invitation? Just like when God said, Where are you? Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Yeah. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I was raised in a different type of gospel. I would say this. I want you to hear this correctly. Yes, it was about salvation in Christ alone. Absolute truth. But what I found was in the relationship that was taught to us about what that meant, once you give your life to Christ, the church would give you a yoke. (laughs) They'd be like, okay, now we're going to start this journey and you're going to do it this way. Let me help you. You're not going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to look like this. You're going to act like this. You're going to do it. You know what I mean? Like a bunch of laws like that. And so when I began my journey with God, I was feeling this incredible presence of God filling me. I was full of joy that I was free from my sin. And then I began to walk that walk, and I'm like, what in the world is wrong with this place, man? I'm serious. I would look around in church, and I'm like, I feel like I'm at a funeral or something. I mean, everybody's so weighed down in burden and stuff. And I mean, this this isn't about the stuff. I want you to hear this right. So in the church I was raised in, we didn't stand to sing. Actually, when I moved here to, to Tucson, I was like, wow, these dudes like to stand, man. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, that was me. All right, so, you know, uh, in the church I was raised in, we sang all hymns, of course, because only God listens to hymns. And uh, that's the only music he listens to. Um, so <laughs> anyway, let's not go there. Here's a song that we sang. Am I still on? Okay. 
Uh, there's a song that we sang that was Standing on the Promises. Right? You remember that old song? I mean, can you sit and sing Standing on the Promises of God? Standing on the Promises of Christ my Savior. All right, so we would say, let's stand to sing this, Standing on the Promises of Christ. And here's the, here's the church as a collective whole. Not everybody, I'm just going to say, wasn't a very big church, but I could hear it all over. Oh. <laughs> Woo, that's awesome. Yeah, let's stand on the promise of God. This sounds amazing to me already. No wonder nobody came to that church. Come on. It's not about me jumping. I mean, if that's all it is, then let's everybody jump. You know what I mean? But when I look at this and Jesus is like, come on. He says, come to me. All of you are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. It's not just rest. Take my yoke upon you for it is easy. But burden is light and you will find rest for your soul. You won't have that inner turmoil of a war raging within you about what is this? Why that? What is going on? No, it's like that breath of God where you're like, oh, man, it's awesome. Church, breathe in the presence of God and it will bring rest to your soul. If you're trying to do stuff for God, you're just going to get screwed up. If you're trying to do things for you, you are way jacked up. It's a rest that only comes from being where God wants you, doing what God wants you to do in the way that God wants you to do it. That's what's called coming to Him walking in that yoke that we have been invited into by Jesus Christ. Look, God is not a dictator. He's not forcing you to do anything. He's inviting us. He's saying, come, come. Remember, I stand at the door and knock. I don't open the door. I don't barge in. I don't bust the doors down. I'm saying, can I come in? God's inviting us. Look at Jesus. Come to me. Come on. The journey you are on, your life, this very moment of your life, you're either where you are doing it and you're making your way or you're where God wants you and He's doing it. One or the other. I'm not talking about just being in this church or listening to me online. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you are in your life. You are either there because God has led you or you have led you. The journey with God begins when we stop running and hiding. When we stop trying to do fig leaves and we start admitting to our nakedness. That's where the journey with God begins. When we stop trying to cover our brokenness, instead bring it to God, confess that we're broken, and allow Him to breathe healing into our life. Church, the only thing that's ever going to cover you is Jesus Christ. Period. Nothing else. So as you make your decisions in life, He's inviting us, He's inviting all of us to make our decisions in life according to His word and His direction, or we can choose to do it our way and in our will. It, it, it's that simple. See, when you're living in your brokenness and your confusion, God is not leading you there. I hear so many people even people that are now serving Christ and stuff, you know, as they look back and they're brokenness. Well, God brought me down that path. 
for my testimony. I want you to know God did not bring you down your choices of sin and brokenness to give you a testimony. He doesn't need your testimony. Okay? He's called us to live with Him so that we can be right with Him and give the testimony about who He is, not who you were. All right? And if you walk through the mud, you chose to walk through the mud. God didn't say, hey, go get your boots muddy so you can relate to that person that has muddy boots. No, He didn't. Absolutely not. You walked in the mud because you were dumb and walked in the mud. And you made that choice. And God's saying, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. I'm good. Thank you, God. You're taking me through this. No, come on. God invites us into a walk to be like Him. (laughs) All right. I want you to know, in a good way, God's not building a testimony in your life. He's trying to transform your life so that you can be a testimony that it's all God. That it's all God. It's all His way. It's not about my way. It's not about my decisions. It's about everything to do with Him so that He receives the glory. Some of us Christians are more excited to tell about our brokenness than we are about our redemption. God forgive us. That's messed up. We messed up God's plan for our life with many of our choices and decisions. We messed up God's plan for our life with our own decisions and choices. And now God's saying like, where are you? Where are you? Come to me. The good thing is it's not too late. It's not like he's like, well, you screwed that up on your own. No, God's saying, come to me. He's still saying, where are you? He's still saying, don't hide. Come to me. I'm available. I want to take the brokenness and the mess that you've created and I want to make life and glory come out of it. God will do that because He's that kind of an amazing God. But we have a choice to make. We can either do it God's way or our way. I want you to know, and you already know, that our way does not lead to His way. And they do not go to the same end. My way leads to destruction, brokenness, and eternal loss. God's way leads to life, love, and fulfillment, and eternal life. That's the way it is. So we go back into Deuteronomy again. God's talking to His people, and this is His Word. It's pretty amazing when you listen. Now listen. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death. Between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep His commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in His ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and if you are drawn away to serve and worship the other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you might choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, 
and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. Yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? Church, that is amazing. God's Word tells us you can choose life or death. It's your choice. God is not dominating and making you do things. God is inviting us to live, to experience life, to have life, to allow Him to be God, to do His thing as only He can do. He's amazing. All right, so you're a Christian. You're here with me. You know what's going on, right? We're listening to God. We hear what He's saying. There's two things going on. The Holy Spirit is either convicting us of something that God is saying, where are you? Or the Holy Spirit is affirming something and saying, exactly. Right? Like, we're all getting something right there. We're either being convicted about something God's trying to call us out of, or the Holy Spirit is saying, well done, that's exactly what I'm asking you for. There is that work of God happening in our lives all the time as God is calling us into this this relationship with Him. So this whole thing is not dependent on my current circumstances. Whatever's going on in the world around me, I can't control, stop, change, or do anything about. I can do everything about this relationship with God and me saying yes to what He's saying to me. And when I do that, then God has a chance to move in my life, through my life, and create His will in my life. That doesn't mean that everyone around me is all of a sudden going to start going, Woo, praise God, this is awesome. No, actually, sometimes when you say yes to God, they don't like you even more, and they mess with you even more. Right? So what? What about it? I still have that freedom. I still have that ability to breathe. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In the midst of the craziness of life, we're good. See, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church, and he said, I've learned to be content in all things. I know what it's like to be like full like Thanksgiving dinner. He didn't use that. I'm giving my words there. And I know what it's like to be empty and not have anything in the pantry. He said, I've been full and I've been hungry. I've had money in the bank and I've been flat broke. I've been in prison and I've been free. Paul said, I've been through it all. And he said, I learned something. I can be content in all those places. Why? Because of his relationship with God. Because he knows he's right with Jesus. Because this is where he's at and this is where he's living. And so life has all kinds of fluctuations and things going on, but this never changes. And that's what it's all about. It's about being on God's journey and not mine. It's about following His ways and not creating my own. Look, church, if you are where God has led you, you shouldn't be complaining. If you are where God has led you, you should be rejoicing. If you are where God wants you, stay there. Come on. If you're not, repent. Get where He wants you. It's that easy. This is not complicated. Ephesians 4. With the Lord's authority I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. That's my way or God's way right there in a T. Right here in God's Word. They have no sense of shame. 
They've lived so long in their nakedness, they don't even care. (laughs) They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you've learned about Christ. Come on, church, have we? No. Since you have heard about Jesus, have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off the old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Jesus says, throw it off, church. Throw it off. Stop wearing that stuff around with you. It is not you. God has called us into a new life. That was the old you. Get rid of it. Stop trying to drag that old life into the new. He says, come clean. Come real. Let's be honest. Let's walk with God. Let's put on what God has for us. Throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. God, help us in the church to change our attitude. Amen. Why in the world do we have attitudes walking around the church? Just asking. We don't have any business having attitudes. We're the redeemed of God. We put on Christ. We're walking around. You think Jesus came in here like, eh. (laughs) What are we doing? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Oh my goodness. God, give us that attitude. Put on your new nature, created to be like God truly righteous and holy put on your new nature created to be like God truly righteous and holy church that's that's me and you I was saying in the service before that you know every day I have a routine where I pick out my clothes the night before and have them in the bathroom so when I go in to take a shower I'm I'm I know what I'm wearing One of the reasons I do that is because my brain doesn't function well when I first get up, right? And so I have my wits about me when I pick out what I'm wearing and I see it and I'm like, that's okay, good, we're going. So like I unconsciously take a shower and get dressed and walk out and start my routine of the day by starting the coffee. So once I have coffee and I'm conscious to the world and I go and look, I'm like, I'm okay with how I look. I mean, in due respect, you know, I mean, clothing-wise. I'm like, okay, we are all together here. That's good. All right, but I don't just leave it to that. All right, because when I come to church, especially if I'm going out in public, once I'm kind of conscious to the world around me, I go back and I check myself again just to make sure that now that I'm awake, I actually see what I really am. So, like, every time I get up here and, and begin to preach... I'll adjust my belt because I want to make sure my zipper's up because I don't want to have anything else like that happening, right? I mean, I mean that rightly. Now, you need to hear me because, see, the thing is, is like I'm being conscious about how I am and what I look like. And this is what God's Word's saying. You need to be so conscious that in the morning when you get ready, you're putting on Jesus because you're supposed to be like God out there. And therefore, if we're walking around with our zipper down, we're screwed up. God's saying, come on, put on Christ. Don't give that attitude. Don't be perverted. Don't mess around. You're representing Jesus. Put it on, church. Put it on. God's word goes on from there, right? 
Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him and throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, that means it's no longer part of you, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Huh. Is that a weird thing to say right there? I mean, I don't mean like God's words. Weird. I'm saying like, let that sink in. Put this on and stop telling lies. It's kind of unique that it would be placed right there, right then. Put on the real Christ. Put him on. Be like God. Don't try and fake people. Don't lie. God knows who you are. You know who you are. You know you're naked before God, so own up to it. Be who he's asked you to be. Don't be lying. Don't put something on to come to church. Don't put something on to be in front of certain people. Don't take it off when you're around other people. Don't tell lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we all part of the same body. Cool stuff, man. God's word is awesome, isn't it? I love the way God speaks to us, that he's like putting us into that place of understanding. You have a choice. You can take that off. You don't have to be like that. You can be made new. You can put on Christ. People can see you for who I am instead of who you are. Man, I want them to see Jesus. I don't want them to see Dave. Dave was a mess. I want them to see Jesus. Like, I want that. (laughs) So we have choices to make, church. Referencing back to last week and the message we're talking about, you know, daily, picking up our cross and following him. Every day I'm choosing that this is my life for you, God, that I give to you. I'm not saying, please forgive me today. I'm saying, God, I'm yours. Let's go and do this together. I'm in line with you. I'm putting on Christ. I'm intentionally putting on Christ. And I want to walk out of that world and I want to represent you, God. I want everyone to look at me, see you. So I can wake up today and put on Dave. Tomorrow's Monday. Long time till Sunday. You know, when I have to come back and preach to you again. So like on Monday and Tuesday, if I want to be Dave, yeah, we can work on being Jesus by the end of the week. No. I got to be Jesus on Monday too. I do. God's saying, Dave, you're going to put, on, put me on. What are you going to do here? And it, it's all about that surrender, see? Because whenever I put on Dave, all I'm doing is putting on fig leaves. And I'm not fooling anybody. Everybody can see right through when it's me and when it's God. And so let's just, let's own up to it today, okay? Can we like own up to it and just like put on the fullness of God and surrender the nakedness of ourself? Will you look at yourself today and see you the way God sees you and the way you really know you are? Would you stand with me? The reason I'm asking you guys to stand is because it makes it easy for you to come to the altar. Church, where are you? The Holy Spirit saying that right now. Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> it's God's invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and navy laden, and I'll give you rest. You don't have to fight. You don't have to wrestle. 
Where are you? Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for not leaving us in our brokenness. Thank you for not leaving us with our fig leaves. Thank you for not leaving us in our shame and our brokenness, but that you call to us so that we can be made new. God, that you give us that opportunity to change and be like you. God, wherever we are, wherever we've been, This is the moment that matters. The journey begins today. Church, I want you to hear that. No matter where you are, no matter how you got there, God is this amazing God that will bring you from where you are in this very moment and begin a journey with you about His way right now. He is so awesome. Thank you, God. Church, seriously. We should be running to him. I don't mean that you all have to come to the altar. That's not what I mean. I'm saying like, why would we hold back from anything, man? If the creator of the universe invited us, he's saying, come on, come on. Well, I want to go. I want to run to him. It's not about me. It's not me justifying or saying who I am in front of him. No, he already knows. Yes, God. That's whatever your will is, God, we want it. God, we want to step fully into it in every way. And so, God, as we are here today, it's a yes to you. It's a yes to you, Lord. God, in Jesus' name, I just pray for every person up here. I want you all to know it's a yes. Just say yes to them. That's all. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then we get up and we walk with him. He leads the way. He's got you. Let's do it. God bless you. You are dismissed. Let's be his church. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. There's a, uh, the CPR class is happening here. I'm doing a wedding in the Glass Chapel. Those of you that are part of the full throttle thing, that's happening at Tino's. Thanks for being here.